All right, welcome back to the show. Today we have an exciting special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Brittany Diamond. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm out in Vegas. It's actually cold here. I don't know it got so cold. So it's about 40 degrees in Vegas today. <laughs> oh, wow. That's what it was here in Roanoke, 40 degrees. Oh, that's funny. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the fitness world? Absolutely. So my titles include I am three-time third strongest woman in the world for the middleweight division. I started pretty young as an athlete, always did solo sports, wanted to be the first person in my family to get to go to college and get an education, so I was able to earn a merit-based Division I scholarship. I actually went to college I was a rower, which is funny because I always had done track before, but due to an injury, I had to kind of figure out a way to get a different scholarship. So did a sport that was foreign to me, Um, but that's kind of where I fell in love with the weight room. And then I did strong women for several years. I recently, about two years ago, retired, and then I switched over to do bodybuilding just for a new challenge. Um, was pretty good. I made it to the national level, my first show, and I really wanted to get a pro card. However, my kind of internal or interesting motivations changed a little bit, and I am no longer doing um, any sports that and that are kind of unhealthy. So, and when you're when you always perform for the highest level, there definitely is kind of a health some health risks associated. So I'm kind of uh, on a different side of the table right now, which is cool. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, going from, from being a strong woman to uh, bodybuilding, you know, I wouldn't imagine is a, is a great deal of change, but it sounds like it, it it very well is as far as training regimen goes. And uh, you know, your, um, your regimen, as far as, your intake when it comes to food as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bodybuilding was a lot easier training wise, a lot less time. I had built up such a solid base with the amount of muscle I had. So transitioning to bodybuilding was very easy. It was pretty much just dieting um, and more cardio. (laughs) Gotcha. So what do you, what do you think the main difference is when it comes down to, you know, people switching over from, say, strong man or strong women competitions to, you know, other parts of the fitness world, just because, you know, for, for people on the outside, it, it, you know, it would seem to be one of those things that can be not so much a shock to the system, but definitely a change. Yeah, it's certainly a change. However, I believe so if you know, I'm, I'm talking from an athlete's perspective versus just like the, you know, everyday person that maybe wants, to, that has a goal of competing. So from a high level athlete's perspective, you know, your mindset isn't going to change very much. It's still your responsibility and your job to execute training, diet, nutrition, recovery, 
at the highest level. You know, you really do need to think of it like your job because any sport at the highest level is a 24-7 sort of thing. So, you know, my training philosophy definitely changed. Not as much as one would think. I still really was pushing the weights, but instead of doing like stone loads or truck pulls or things like that, I was being a little bit more cognitive not to get injured because in strongman, the injury risk is so high since you're ultimately doing feats of strength above, you know, well above what you should be doing. Uh, and that's a little more hypertrophy, obviously, for bodybuilding and then the carb cycling and all of that. So I don't know if that answers the question, if you wanted me to answer it like an athlete's perspective or like an everyday person. Definitely from an athlete's perspective, just because I find talking to different uh, athletes that, that I have is, you know, everybody when it comes down to their training, the, the uh, diet and things like that has a different approach. Yeah. Yeah. So like the diet was obviously much different for strong women. I was, my caloric intake was up, but I always maintained a pretty lean physique. It's definitely a stigma when people automatically think strong women, they think someone big and fat. But if you look at all the middleweight pros were built pretty similar. We all, we all are very pretty lean um, because we have to maintain a certain weight class, but also we have to be able to move fast along with lifting heavy weight. So it's very, very, very athletic. Um, bodybuilding was actually far less athletic. You know, you can't do the things, you can't perform at that level when you're in such a caloric deficit. Gotcha. So, you know, it, going into your strong woman career, what was what was that like to get started in that? And did you did you find it a little bit difficult to kind of adjust? Like adjust to the strong woman stuff? Correct. No, so for me, like I said, I was a Division One athlete. I grew up pushing myself. Um, was kind of started more of an endurance athlete, but I fell in love with the weight room, and I definitely had kind of a natural gift when it came to strength. Like the first time I got a barbell in my hand, and again, I don't know if it's because I had such a solid foundation. I was like the kid when I was five years old that was like helping my mom with manual labor in the yard. So I had such a base. Um, the hardest part was more just dealing with the injuries that come along with lifting like that. So, you know, lower back is kind of a given. It's going to get thrown out at some point. Um, and I had a, a whole host of other injuries. So kind of dealing with that and learning to navigate around injuries and learning how to train was probably the hardest part of the sport, I would say. Okay. So, you know, when, when, you decided to join the strong woman community. Did you have anybody that you possibly looked up to as far as, you know, things you wanted to, to, to achieve and, and work regimen as well as far as like, um, you know, uh, like a worth work ethic, so to speak. I went into it pretty blind. I actually, it was my junior year of college when I was working at a gym and I was helping the gym with some marketing initiatives and I stumbled across something called Boston Strongest. 
And I was like, hmm, this seems interesting. So I, I lived in Massachusetts at the time, and I saw that they had it coming up in two weeks. They had um, a strong woman competition, and there was a novice division. So I kind of just I signed up, and then I remember I had a, a few women that reached out via Facebook offering to send me DVDs and stuff for how to do the implements. But I was like, look, I'm a lifelong athlete. I'm just going to watch the YouTube videos and try to wing it, which is pretty much what I did. And that's when I kind of just fell in love with the sport. And I knew once that I graduated and was done with my collegiate rowing career that that's what I wanted to do next. So I purposely moved to the area in Boston where that gym was. And I kind of instantly just found a community. Um, And it's funny because some of the best pros in the world, actually, um, train out of that gym. There's Total Performance Sports and Titan Barbell. Um, Nick Camby, who is a middleweight pro, um, has a bunch of overhead records and is now trans, uh, transitioning to the heavyweight, was out of that gym, and him and I were in the same group and trained together growing up. So it was definitely a great community. Um, but like I said, I didn't really have anyone I specifically looked up to. I was just kind of doing it for me. Gotcha. And, you know, I've heard that from several different people that the, that that type of community is so tight knit that, you know, everybody helps everybody out if they need it, you know, and that's, it's, it's so inspiring to see because you wouldn't normally think something as competitive as, as the strongman community or strong woman community that it would be that way. I know. And it's, it's cool because even, I've actually no, I've noticed that the camaraderie grew the further along I got. So when I was at the professional level, you know, competing as strong as women in the world, in different countries, like even if the other women couldn't, if we couldn't speak the same language, we had like this, this bond. So I found that we all just had mutual respect for one another. And I actually think a lot of the sports are like that more than people think. Like, I feel like at the amateur level, you know, there can be a little bit of cattiness and some ego involved, but the further up you go in any sport, it seems that people generally have respect. You know, we have mutual respect because we know what it takes to get there. You don't just get lucky and end up there. You worked your ass off to get there and have sacrificed a lot. So I think that that comes with it. Any, Like I said, any sport at the highest level. And see, to me, that is that is so amazing because – you're right. From from an outsider's perspective, you would never know that. I know. I know. Yeah, it's really it's really it's really cool. Like even being I feel confident that I could go anywhere in the world. Like I was in Australia um, in November, so 2 months ago, actually visiting one of my closest friends who was a former lightweight strong woman. She was Australia's first pro strong woman and her and I our friends, um, that's how I built my business. And even being in Vegas, Nick Best, who is a legend, um, is here. And, you know, it's like it's like you're kind of family with these people in the sport, which is really special. Definitely. So I, I do have a couple of questions for you on, on the travel aspect of, of your strong woman career. What was that like? Because I would imagine that, you know, because most – people are, are bigger than the average human being that travel, you know, especially like on airplanes and whatnot would be a little bit taxing. And then, you know, the, the diet aspect, you know, I've heard from several different people that you got to bring your own food and, 
you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see, to, to hear what that was like for you. Yeah. The hardest part was probably, so when I was in the peak of my strong woman career, I still had a corporate job. I had started my own side business because of strong man and coaching and all of that, but I wasn't in a financial spot yet to leave my full-time corporate job. So I was actually in medical sales. So I managed the whole Northeast. So I was always on planes anyways. Um, and then with traveling, it just kind of became second nature to me to, you know, bring my food and bring everything with me and all my training gear. You know, I'm not, it's a lot harder for like the heavyweight men that walk around at nearly 400 pounds to get on the plane. For me, that was never an issue. Gotcha. So as far as travel, where, where has that part of your career taken you? The coolest place that um, it's brought me was definitely in 2017. Strongest Woman in the World was in Norway. So that was actually my first time leaving the country. And definitely the coolest place I've ever competed. The rest of them have just been, oh gosh, all over the U.S. Um, you name it, every pretty much every state I've been to because of comp- competing and things like that. So, But Norway was by far the coolest place. And I've done seminars, like I, like I was just in Australia, I did a seminar there. I've done seminars all over too. So that's, that's a pretty cool life experience that I have because of the sport. Very cool. So in your bodybuilding career, um, you know, it, I would imagine that that aspect of things because of the, the competitions that you would go to being so different. Um, what competitions have you done uh, in the bodybuilding world? And, and um, do you have a favorite competition? For bodybuilding, I've actually only done two shows. I did a, a local show in New Jersey, and that's what qualified me for North Americans, where I went to the next level pretty quick. And I had planned to stick with bodybuilding but due to some just like underlying health issues right it's not on the table right now um but my favorite competition ever was probably in 2016 at the arnold when i won my pro card because it just was such a huge goal of mine and i don't know it's just it's pretty surreal like getting your pro card is definitely probably one of the best days of my life and most proudest achievement. So I'd have to say that's my favorite competition. Very cool. So I, everybody I've talked to that's, that's done the Arnold classic, I always ask, did you, did you get to meet Arnold or did you see him? <laughs> Actually? So I feel like I feel very lucky. So most people go and try to get a picture with Arnold. Actually Arnold two years in a row, took a selfie of me. And the first one is a pretty cool story. It's, it was the year I earned my pro card. I was on the line and I believe it was a farmer's walk I was getting ready to do. And so, you know, I had like tunnel vision, you know, how competitors are. They kind of just ignore their surroundings, especially at something like the Arnold where there's so many people, so many loud noises and competitors and everything going around. So I just kind of had tunnel vision and I was waiting for the, for the, um, they blow a whistle for the start command. And I was like, what is the holdup? They've had us over here for five minutes. And finally I looked up and that's when I saw that Arnold was on his cell phone and he was actually grabbing a selfie with me, which he later put on his Instagram, which 
was obviously an amazing moment in my life because Arnold is someone everyone looks up to. But also he, when he put me on his social media, it really helped me grow. And because of that, I was able, you know, once I started my own business, I feel like he kind of helped me launch that by getting my name and my brand out there more. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, I have two, I have two pictures where Arnold's actually taking a selfie with me while I'm competing. So. And see, that is so cool. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and just having the career that you've had and, and, and not to say that it's over because you're, you're joint, you're in another chapter of what's to come, but it sounds like that from from where you started to where you are now, it, it would almost have to be a passion. You have to be a all in or not at all when it comes to the things that you've done. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, like it, it was my life for several years. And I don't think people realize like what that entails, you know, from a social media perspective, it might look glamorous, but being a professional athlete is kind of just like any other job, only there's extreme up and downs because when your income and your reason for living relies on your body and how it can perform, <laughs> that comes with a whole other slew of issues that I'm actually hoping to further talk about with the community as kind of um, my next like career goal. Very cool. So in, in the business you have now, um, I, I think I saw on your, your Instagram that you do some coaching as well. Yeah. Yeah. So my business, so I'm the face of my own brand. Um, my business is kind of multifaceted where I coach and I also make content for various brands, kind of like advertising. And then I also try to um, do articles and just get information out there. But yes, I would say coaching is like the bulk of my income and what I love the most to be able to help other people in the sport. Um, I would say about half my business is other competitors and about half is just regular people. But something I'm really, really passionate about though is trying to showcase what strength can do for anyone's quality of life because unfortunately the stigma of, you know, people think that they're going to lift and all of a sudden they're just going to gain an enormous amount of muscle and start to look masculine. So my job is kind of to help other women, you know, get off the treadmill for hours and lift some weights. <laughs> right. And it doesn't happen overnight. You know, and it's one of those things that you, you, you have to have the discipline to do what you're able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Discipline is certainly um, was a large part of it. So um, one last question for you. Um, what do you have coming up in the next you know, in the future, what, where do you think your career is going to take you next? So at this very moment in time, I actually don't have any competitions lined up. I just competed for fun. Um, last month at the Olympia, I had done a back squat, um, 315 times max reps and I was able to get 18. My goal was actually 20. So I didn't fulfill that. So I don't want to necessarily say I'm retired, but um, my partner and I, who's also a very, very, very high-level athlete, Ben Pollock, he was um, one of the best deadlifters in the world and then earned his IFBB Pro card. So him and I are actually working on a project together where we're talking, we're trying to like kind of expose what working in the fitness industry is really like because 
you know, there's two sides to every story. And with social media, there's a lot of a lot of positive aspects. Of course, you're able to connect with like-minded individuals that have the same passions and hobbies. But there's also a negative side where, you know, kind of in order to run my business, it's like I have to always have an online presence, which can certainly take a toll mentally. So my boyfriend and I are working on um, a book that we we don't know when we're going to publish it. We just kind of started it. This idea has been in formation for a long time, but that's kind of my next goal. So more career oriented rather than just competing. Very cool. Yeah. You know, thank you. I, I, I think that, you know, just talking to you and, and, and hearing your story, you know, I think that from, again, from an outsider's perspective that, you know, you, you took something that most people can only dream of doing, much less want to get, you know, want to want to try to do and and harnessed it and, and did it to the highest level, both in, in strong women competition and bodybuilding. And it sounds like, you know, you enjoy being able to pass that knowledge on to new people, whether they want to do strong, strong women, strong men competitions, or whether they're just there to tone up and lose some weight. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my whole thing. It's like, if I could do it, like I don't come from much um, that anyone can do it. And my goal is just to kind of show that there is struggle involved because people think, you know, it comes easy to me. And it's like, no, I have, I had my doubts at my highest level. I had my injuries. I've had multiple surgeries. I've had my, you know, um, whole slew of health issues that came with competing and pushing my body to that extreme. So, yeah, so that's kind of, that is my goal. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, listen, I appreciate everything. Uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to uh, chat with me. And, um, you know, hopefully we can do this again in the future when you guys have the book done. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. Absolutely, and I hope you have a good rest of the afternoon. Uh, and um, talk to you soon.